welcome to Trashy Trashy. I'm your host, Erica Curry. And I'm your other host, Cassandra Cardenas. Hey, Cass. What's up, girl? Why are you trash this week? All right. Well, see, so last night I um I was driving home from a, a friend who is in my quarantine bubble. I've got a quarantine bubble. So I was at her apartment with her fiancé. Um, I was driving home and I passed by like, you know, like all the old bars I used to go to back before COVID. And I got like a kind of a longing feeling on the inside of like, oh, fuck, like it's almost two in the morning. Like if this was real life, like people would be pouring on the streets right now, you know, like ordering from food trucks, waiting for Ubers, like the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I just like missed it so much. And it made me think of a time... <laughs> Again, I'm a, I'm honestly I'm in between two stories, which makes me seem even trashier. But one time I was at that bar that I drove past and I met a gentleman who took quite a shine to me. And, uh, you know, like we we danced together. Uh, this is not a bar that has dancing, but we danced together, made out in the bar, which I was like, that's weird. Not usually. I mean, I'm not against PDA. It just was like, oh, this is bold of him. And I like it. And then he told me because I was like, would you like to come back to my apartment? <laughs> and he said, yes, but I'm not coming for spiritual reasons right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, like in my brain, because I am a piece of trash, challenge accepted. <laughs> and so... It was it put took it on myself to be like, I'm gonna make this guy break his spiritual reasons and come. Update on that. He didn't come. Uh, so he held true to his word and his weird uh edging. And then I also told a friend about this story later, and she said, Was this guy's name blank? And I said, Yes. And she's like, girl, same story. Takes a shine to me, dances in the bar, makes out in the bar. Those are his moves. And I was like, oh, my God. So uh, anyways. Was, was this guy the Pope? <laughs> Can I think so? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I just like don't see like the spiritual reason behind like edging, which is, you know, the, you know, where you get really close to coming and then you don't. Mm-hmm. It's just like, fucking go for it. Treat yourself, you know, go have the whole thing. You know, make your cake and eat it too. Wow. That is yeah. that is trash. And I'm it sure is. that he broke his spiritual reasons eventually. Probably. I saw him again like maybe a year later. And I mean, because I would I obviously never forget him. I forget plenty of one night stands, but not him. And he acted like he didn't know me. But maybe he didn't. Erica, why are you trash this week? So last night I went to pick up something from a friend. Mm-hmm. And I stopped at a 7-Eleven. Oh, girl. To pick up Say no more. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm trash. <laughs> yeah, because in California, our 7-Elevens do not have gas stations. So. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped by a 7-Eleven and a guy was in his car next to me. And he gave me the like up and down while I was Ooh. sitting in my car. I walk into the 7-Eleven. I buy wine. Okay. Ugh. Exactly. I'm trash for buying my wine at a 7-Eleven. You're, you're paying too much for it. 
I was cupcake wine. It wasn't that bad. Anyway, so I come back out and he again gives me the up and down. I'm in a mask. I'm in like an oversized t-shirt and shorts. Like I'm not putting on shines for anyone. Uh And then he gives me the call me signal with his hand. Oh my God. And I was like, you're not the one, sir. You're not the one. (laughs) Like if you're waiting outside of a 7-Eleven for a woman to buy three bottles of wine, what are you doing? But also, I was buying wine at a Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> so, are we like victim blaming here and saying you were kind of asking for it? I was asking to be trash. Wow, I love that. Yeah, you gotta stop drinking that wine, girl. It was. Uh, it went down quite nice with roast chicken. Oh wow! Oh, you're making roast chicken tonight, honey. Hold on, let me stop at Seven <laughs> Eleven. Oh, you pulled out all the stops and made the good mashed potatoes. I'll stop at Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, Trader Joe's right next door. Nah, fuck that. Too long of a line at the seven at the uh, Trader Joe's. Yeah, go to Seven Eleven where no one's counting. Nobody's counting. The guy's not gonna make eye contact with you as you purchase three bottles of wine. A red, a white. Go behind the register to get wine, don't you? Um, not at this particular one. Okay, okay. A red, a white, and a rosé. I was a real class act. Wow, a trip around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Should we get into our first story? Let's get into it from theguardian.com. Yes. The a woman, a resident lexographer. Do you know what that is? Lex lexographer? Lex um Lexicographer. Lexicographer, a person who compiles dictionaries. Okay, wonderful. Susie Dent, a person who compiles dictionaries, testified to the effectiveness of lalokiza, or the use of swearing to alleviate stress and frustration. God, it sounds like I've never read, read a dictionary in my life. After discovering that her new book, Word Perfect, was printed with a host of typos. <laughs> Yeah, Dent said on Thursday that she had just found out that the initial printing of Word Perfect, which is described by its publisher as a brilliant linguistic almanac, has been compi- completed using an early version of the text. So basically, draft typo one. Hitting. Yeah, like first draft. First draft was was published. As someone that reads emails four times, will press send and then undo send to read it one last time, this gives me the highest grade of anxiety. Can you do undo send? On Gmail, there's a feature where you can have five second and 30 second recall of (gasps) hitting press send on an email. Hey, didn't know that. Now you do. Maybe could have uh, stopped a lot of, you know, sad, drunk emails to uh, exes that way. Well, now you know, and hopefully you never have to send those again. Nah, we have restraining orders. (laughs) So her publisher, John Murray, apologized. He uh, said, we're really sorry due to printing error. Early copies of Word Perfect are not Word Perfect. The Susie Dent, she opened up her book and saw that there was something wrong in the acknowledgments and then had to close it because she felt sick. Can you imagine being like dedicated to words so much that a typo makes you physically ill? Yes. Yes, I can. As someone who clearly showcases her broad vocabulary on this podcast. (laughs) I completely understand as I Google things constantly while we're working. Yeah, bless her heart. That's all I have to say. Speaking of all you have to say. 
according oh. to you like that uh a good segue sorry sorry let me say that clean one time okay. that's a good segue Thank you. According to cbc.ca, students are suspended from a Calgary school, St. Michael School in Calgary, for recording their principal using the N-word. So just to clarify, the principal has faced no disciplinary actions, but the students themselves for recording the use of the N-word have been suspended. Yeah. So snitches get stitches, essentially. Yeah. What a weird message to send. To the students. So this woman, it's the principal, Leanne Anderson, asked a group of black students, how come it's okay for you to say the the N-word? But she didn't say the N-word. Like, she said the N-word. Which you shouldn't say to people. Never. And they're they're facing a lot of criticism, but the school is basically like doubling down and defending the principal and just saying this was she was using the N word out of an educate for educational purposes. And unfortunately, that their student code of conduct states that making, possessing, and selling, accessing, or sharing any audio, visual, or audio visual recording of any individual without the individual's consent, unless the recording is of a public space or event open to the public is considered unauthorized by the school district. And they basically kind of just brushed it off. They're like, sucks that like, you know, that the recording that they shared had to do with this. But like at the end of the day, they were short. They shared a recording. It's trash. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I think maybe some apologies from this principal or. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Like, I just I don't see educational purposes for saying the N word. Yeah, Anderson is, uh, Principal Anderson is completely wrong in this. I don't understand, like, reading a book like Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn and their use of the N-word, like, that's the only educational way I can see that being utilized. There's no way that they still have kids read that shit out loud, though. Absolutely not. But I'm saying, I think that, like, the context of the time that it was written is the only way to show that it could be educational in some way. Sure. But you shouldn't say it out loud. No. You hear that, Quentin Tarantino? Avid, avid trashy, trashy listener? Yeah. Cool yeah. it. And, and quit asking for pictures of my feet. Ugh. I would do it. If you oh, wanted. in a heartbeat. In a yeah. heartbeat. I don't know why, though. It's not like I would, like, I wouldn't even expect, like, a role or anything from it. I would just be like, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm still mad I wasn't cast as the fat Manson girl because I'm like, that's the role I was born to play. Sorry about it. Lena Dunham got there first. Lena Dunham beat me out as the one fat Manson member. She literally has just ruined my life turn after turn. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've seen like my... So when you are an actress or an actor, your representatives have what's called a pitch for you. And they kind of just send this off with your headshot when they're trying to get you uh, an audition or an appointment. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've kind of seen my pitch, you know, like randomly because it'll come up on someone's screen, like in a casting office or something like that. And I see her fucking name. I see Lena Dunham type. And I'm just like, nobody likes her. Why are we doing this? Why are we making this comparison? Like, I get it. I'm chubby and I have tattoos. But like, she's not popular anymore in fact she is the opposite of popular like 
she's kind of like fucked up and people don't like her and she says stupid shit and like i don't want to be associated with that yeah she's a trash queen trash queen and i'm not trying to be a hater like i don't i don't personally dislike lena dunham that much but i do think she's a fucking idiot yeah absolutely i'm sorry that you get lumped in that way i would try to revive i hopefully one day people say as they're being pitched that they are a cassandra cardinez type yes and hopefully by that time i haven't stuck my foot in my mouth as many times as lena dunham has i see i'm doing it like now i'm getting it out of my system now and telling you know stories about spiritual coming now so that you know like (laughs) when i hit the big time people aren't like what the fuck is wrong with this girl (laughs) Speaking of what the fuck is wrong with somebody, this is coming out of the Tulsa world. Coming out of your world. My world, Oklahoma. OKC jailers face cruelty charge after playing Baby Shark on loop, and that's being described as inhuman. Baby shark do-do-do-do-do-do. Baby shark do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Baby shark. Okay. I had to get it out of my system. You know, when I was first reading this, I was like, I wonder what they're doing. Like, you know, like if we were like newscasters in Oklahoma. So like, you just like reading off tel- teleprompter. Baby shark do do to do to do don't today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused by this. So like these fucking like detention officers, both were like 21. And then one of them was 50, I guess. But it's like they had these prisoners handcuffed. Four of them or something. It was like, yeah, four inmates handcuffed and secured to the wall. And then they just had to listen to Baby Shark over and over again. It's like, what the fuck? Like, they're already in jail. Are we trying to, like, pull government secrets from them? Like, why are we torturing them? Yeah, this is some Gitmo stuff. I was shocked. But then again, when I saw the ages of the people, like I said, there were two 21-year-olds that were charged and one 50-year-old. And I know that it was the 50-year-old's idea. Ooh, really? In my heart of hearts. The Christopher Raymond Hendershot is the 50-year-old. You think that he told those two 21-year-old boys, hey, y'all want to have some fun and torture some people? A hundred percent. Because my young, dumb wife and our awful kid listen to this all the time, and I think that's torture. And I want to take out my problems at home out on prisoners because I'm sick in the head. And then the 21-year-old guys are like, yeah, we're 21-year-old guys. We don't do anything, right? Yeah, we're full of piss and vinegar. We'll do it. District Attorney David Pratter charged them with misdemeanor counts of cruelty to a prisoner and conspiracy. Good. Well, yeah, good. If you have to be in jail, may you never have to hear Baby Shark again. Isn't that the benefit of being in jail, if there is any? That was somebody's escape. He broke. <laughs> He broke into a convenience store, robbed him with a pencil, and then said, thank God, I, I'll never have to hear Baby Shark again. And then, whoop, swooped in. There it is. There it is. Oh, my goodness. This story is, is straight trash. I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Do better. Do better, Oklahoma. I've never been, but do better. Speaking of do better, resident banana sandwich singer Lana Del Rey is in the news. According to FoxLA.com, she was wearing a mesh-like mask at a book signing. She took a photo on Instagram and said, I can't wait to see you guys, Delray said, while wearing a sparkly mesh mask. And it was viewed 2.1 million times on Tuesday afternoon. 
Yeah, I think she went live and was trying to like advertise that she was going to be at this bookstore doing a signing um, for her like weird poetry book. I shouldn't call it weird, but let's be honest, it's probably let's, kind of fucking weird. It's Lana Del Rey. It's going to be weird. Yeah. And uh, basically her fans were like, we can't defend you. Yeah, come on. It's not hard to wear a proper mask. There are stylish masks that are appropriate. I was going to say, look at Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande at the VMAs. Perfect example. I have a mask myself that looks like Orville Peck. You've told us about that, and I love it. It's got the fringe. It's like a whole look. It's a whole look, and it's a complete sentence, but it's a mask that covers my nose and my mouth, which prevents the transmission of the coronavirus from people to people. Now, they have said that it's not visibly clear whether her mask has transparent material under the mesh design, given the availability of see-through masks for fashion-conscious consumers. But also, I don't personally find anything fashionable about a transparent mask. I think they're fucking creepy. Yeah, I don't want to half see your mouth. I want the full illusion. I want it covered completely. You're also robbing yourself from the experience of like uh, what I find to be beneficial about masks, which is like when you're in the grocery store and they're playing like hit after hit after hit after hit, you can fucking mouth and lip sync that shit under your mask and no one's the wiser as long as you keep the eyes dead. You know, and they think that's or or like you can fucking genuinely react to people and they can't see your face. It's like, why take that away? I mean, I've said I don't have kind eyes is what I've learned during this pandemic is as I've worn my mask and just had people audibly and visibly just turn away. And I was like, (laughs) oh, man, that's rough. I love them. I mean, like, do I want COVID forever? God fucking no. But I I have. I'm trying to find the little silver linings and things and I find being able because I'm a, I have a pretty expressive face. Um, so being able to hide that, I think is, you know, I like it. Yeah, I hope masks stick around like other cultures that use them when they have colds to just keep it inside mm-hmm. to keep it. I mean, I don't see any problem. And maybe this is, you know, all of this will keep a little bit of mask culture once it's over. I've heard a lot of people say that they're just going to keep wearing masks even when it's done. And I don't believe them, but I do think, yes, when there's colds and stuff. It was Here's something crazy. I got sick last year and I went and got masks for myself because I was like, I'm just fucking really sick and I don't want to get other people sick. And this is embarrassing. I wore the masks for like a day. I even have like a, a picture of myself like on Instagram being like, LOL, under oath vibes because of the mask. And then I was like, I don't want to wear this. It's hard to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I did find the masks as as I was moving in my apartment and like screamed because I was like, fuck, I had masks this whole fucking time. So, you know. Oh, I've spent money on some masks. Yeah. I've dropped coin, but I'm, I'm happy with the results. So I don't mind. All right. Hell yeah. I, I have like one fabric mask and then I go, I go with the medical ones. Okay. Well, I've got plenty of the fabric mask if you ever want to <laughs> upgrade my wardrobe. Upgrade your wardrobe or borrow. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get into our next story, which is one of the best headlines I've ever read. I mean, honest to God. So from weight.com, would you like to take this headline? Jacksonboro woman seen chewing on horse's mane charged with public intoxication. 
Yummy, 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 yummy. We have Miss Cynthia Teeple, who was a little high on meth. <laughs> As one does get high on meth. Sure. Yeah, what? She's just like a Jacksonville, Tennessee day and the weather's nice. Like, freaking treat yourself, girl, get some meth. So she was uh, chewing on a miniature horse's mane, claiming that it was candy. Claiming <laughs> that it so was gross. candy. <laughs> The horse's hair is made of Laffy Taffy and airhead candy, she told a deputy. Got a little bit of a Willy Wonka fan here. (laughs) Did you see this, what this woman looked like? I did not. Are you going to show me? I mean, I I, I don't know how to show you. I mean, I can, I can like definitely like imitate it and be like, "Mm." she looks like how you think she would look, which is a woman named Cynthia on meth. Mm-hmm. We'll post it on our Instagram so that people can see. I bet Cynthia Teeple and 30 Pack Sherry would get along real well. Ooh, I do too. Maybe we should write some fan fiction for them. Ooh, just a, a tender glance between them and then hands just gently cross and then cup each other. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm, I I'm like, in my head, I'm in the future. They're like living a cottage core lifestyle and like, you know, 30 Rack Sherry's on her rocking chair, just sipping on her 29th beer of the morning while Cynthia chews on the horses. And then 30 Rack Sherry just very slowly and sensually says, hey, Cynthia, and then just kind of opens her legs. And there's like just bush. And Cynthia's like, oh, I see some candy. I'd like a little bit more. <laughs> now I'm going to stop. Because <laughs> I think we see where that's going. Teeple was shirtless while eating grass and dirt from a horse enclosure as well. It writes as- itself. It writes itself. She's shirtless. She's eating grass. She's eating dirt. She's yes, chewing on a horse's mane. 30 Rack Sherry's bush. And then 30 Rack Sherry's bush. <laughs> The deputy said she admitted she didn't know where she was and then admitted to taking meth the day before. She was then so taken assholes, then? into custody. Oops. I never want to hear that the person that I'm having a laugh over admits that they didn't know where they were. Yeah, now I don't I feel bad. I don't want to punch down. Ugh. But no. we can yeah. punch up in this next story. Yes, according to Consequence of Sound, which is Erica's favorite website. SNL cancels Morgan Wallen as the musical guest after he was seen out partying without a mask. And now if you're sitting at home saying, who? Or if you're sitting on this podcast and going, who? Or if you're the one that found the article and said, who? (laughs) He's a country singer. That's what I've learned. But he was, he attended University of Alabama football game the weekend before in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I think so. I hope so. I hope it's the University of Alabama. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? They know we're not sports fans. They know we're not the smartest when it comes to college football. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, but Roll Tide sounds right. It does. Yeah, I feel like that's a Bama Roll Tide. Yeah. All this checks out in my head. Yeah. The Crimson Tide. 
I hope people at home aren't screaming, you stupid bitches, at their phones. <laughs> well, they might be either way. Yeah, so he was partying and posing in photos without a face mask, and then he kissed a couple ladies. What is he, me? <laughs> he kissed several women and posted a video on Instagram. So people were TikToking this event. God bless what else, TikTok. What else, Grandma? They were TikToking? They were TikToking and posting on Instagram. <laughs> They were TikToking and and twitting and all the things. All of the things. So he posted an Instagram video on Wednesday because it was revealed that his SNL appearance had been canceled. So I got the call from the show letting me know that I will no longer be able to play. And that's because of COVID protocols, which I understand, he said. Do you, do you want to play a game? Yes. Called Sing the Quote Like a Country Star? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got a call from the show letting me know that I will no longer be able to play. And that's because of COVID protocols, which I understand. Which I understand. I got the call <laughs> from the show letting me know. That I'll no longer be able to play. And that's because COVID protocols. There it is. I fucking love that. I, I feel like now they're screaming at their phone. You stupid bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's my favorite thing we've ever done. He was replaced by Jack White, just by the way. Which is great. Because I love me some Jack White. He is our eccentric music Willy Wonka, and I love it. I'm into it. According to FT.com. Which is the Financial Times. Okay, good. I was like, what the fuck is this? And how much did you pay for this article? I paid $1 for a week subscription to the Financial Times. So for those who want a little bit of a inside scoop on Trashy Trashy Podcast, we, you know, we'll show the articles to each other, but there's a lot of copying and pasting that goes on, you know, um, just to have everything in the same place. And you have removed it, but I was laughing because I was looking through everything you copied and pasted and under every like bullet point, it said, please don't plagiarize this site and like all this kind of like <laughs> legal shit. And I'm like, um, <laughs> but you just deleted it rather than acknowledging it. You're like. Bye. Bye. Can't see you. Speaking of Financial Times, you can support this podcast Ooh. by clicking on the link at the bottom of the show notes that says support this podcast financially and contribute to help us buy more news stories and to help us upgrade better equipment and hosting. Again, at the bottom of the show notes, there'll be a support this podcast button. So please, if you have it in your heart, click that button. We promise we won't spend it on cupcake 7-Eleven wine. Promise. And we won't spend it on meth. No, of course not. We promise we will never spend it on meth. We will not use your money for meth. We won't gamble your money away. No, but you know who will? Cardinal Bushi. <laughs> Cardinal Bushi. I think that is the way to say it. So I didn't know when, we, when I was looking through the story, I had no idea. It turns out that the Vatican... Plays the stock market. So the richest, I mean, are they the richest country in the world per per area? Is the Vatican the a country? Yes, Vatican is its own country. Oh, can I be honest? Yeah. Country kind of fucking sucks. 
<laughs> have you been to the Vatican? Yeah, I went to the Vatican this year. Before all the COVID stuff happened, I was I was in London, Rome, I guess the Vatican, and then Paris. I went to four countries. And the Vatican is just like fine. Like it's it's just fine. I've I've been to the Vatican. It was I mean, it was beautiful. You're not supposed to take a picture of the Sistine Chapel. Right. Like, you're not supposed to, but I did anyway. Like I held my camera in my purse and then pointed up at the ceiling and snapped a photo. And how's the picture? It was great. I did I feel really like well. that picture would just be the underside of my boobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So the Vatican invested some donations for the poor and needy, and they bet on the creditworthiness of Hertz, the U.S. car rental company, that it defaulted on its debts earlier this year. 2018, Pope Francis said that credit default swaps encourage the growth of a finance of chance and of gambling on the failure of others, which is unacceptable from the ethical point of view. The instruments, he said, were a ticking time bomb. But it turns out that three years earlier, about 528 million euro from the Vatican portfolio derived from donations bought structured notes containing CDS as part of a bet that Hertz would not default on its debts by April 2020. So basically, they were just gambling. They're gambling in the stock market. This is what like shitty finance dudes do. Mm hmm. They were gambling. One of my favorite stories about Cass is, and this is why I'm trash, but we were at a monastery in Barcelona, outside of Barcelona, and Cass respectfully wanted to light a candle in memory of someone. And the <gasps> candles were by donation only. So we look at our coinage to see what how much money we had and we didn't have enough for a candle between us we just had big bills you know what Cass the room that we were just in had a painting made out of gold I (laughs) think they're gonna be okay if we short them half a euro yep yeah no you did you encouraged me to steal a candle from the catholic church to uh light in memory of my catholic grandfather who probably was like what the fuck you stole the candle. You stole the candle. I'm sorry. I had another one for him that I paid full price for at the Vatican. So, you know, Good. whatever. I, You know what's funny is that when you brought up that story, I thought that you – I didn't remember the candle part. I thought you were just going to jump to the part that the second that we got there, I vomited. <laughs> I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah, just like vomit and diarrhea monster. I'm sorry, trashy, trashy podcast listeners, but I don't handle jet lag or altitude change as well. So, and this portion of our trip contained both. So <laughs> I was a little sicky girl. And uh, as soon as we got off this weird like mountain train that took us up to this place, just like vomit. It was, it was pretty though. It was a beautiful place. The views, not the vomit. (laughs) The views. So the investment was made under Cardinal Giovanni Angelo Bucci, and he was stripped of his rights as a cardinal by the Pope last month over what the cardinal described as allegations of misappropriation. And so there's no evidence that Pope Francis himself was aware of the investments in the CDS-linked notes which were held directly through a secretariat account in Switzerland and made by a third-party consultant on its behalf. This is just some shady shit. Dirty, dirty, dirty money. Shame on you, Catholic Church. This is money that was supposed to go to the poor, to the needy. And I'm sure that it 
it went there, but it was based on gambling. I mean, Jesus himself came into the temple and ran the money lenders out. I don't remember that story. Oh, it's like the most punk rock Jesus there was. He like, Mm. there were money lenders in the temple and Jesus said, get the fuck out. No. Oh. And it's part, you know, it led up to his, why the state didn't want him around anymore. But he said, "Uh uh-uh, not in the temple. Get out. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. He flipped tables like a real housewife. No way. For real. Nowhere nowhere in the Bible does he say that he flipped the table. You know what? You would know better than me. I've never read the Bible. I don't know if he flipped the table, but he said, get out. I mean, people are allowed to interpret the Bible however they want to. I think that uh, there's plenty of examples of that. So if you if he flipped the tables for you, then he flipped the tables. In my mind, he flipped the tables like Teresa from The Real Housewives in New Jersey, season Fuck one. Yeah. <laughs> episode seven. <laughs> Fine, finale episode, when she flipped um, the table at Daniel Stop. But I always wanted to do it. To flip a table. Oh my God. Have I, since that moment, I mean, to me, that's like one of the most iconic moments in Real Housewives history and in cultural history. Her <laughs> flipping the table cemented, cemented the franchise of the Real Housewives as like a cultural thing to me. Wow. And I was like, man, one day I hope I get pissed off enough to flip a table. Yeah. I just like, I don't get angry like that, but I'm not saying I'm not capable of it. I think everybody has a little table flip in them. Yeah. Like, whatever makes you so angry that you're capable of destruction. Don't think about it now, listener. You know? Don't think about it now. But, you know, maybe. But just know that somewhere in you, you have it in you. Yeah. We believe in you. I believe that you have a little table flip in you. Speaking of flipping the tables... Woo! According to the, I like that one. According to the New York Post, Brad Parscale, Trump's former campaign manager, well, he's in police custody now. Mm-hmm. Or last month, I should say, uh, he admitted, well, he was drunk and he was armed. And they thought that he was beating his wife. I'm just I'm just recapping why he got arrested, but that's not what's important about the story. What's important about the story is that while the police were, you know, arresting him, he broke down in tears and admitted that his wife isn't sleeping with him. I just couldn't accept that she isn't having sex with me, Parscale said, as he sobbed to a female police officer after his September 27th meltdown at his Fort Lauderdale home. I couldn't accept it. Not in months. I couldn't accept it. I just kept asking her, the 44-year-old said. Ladies, that's one way to get your man to not vote for Trump is withhold sex. Oh, interesting. (laughs) She's like, I don't want to fuck you anymore. You were literally Trump's former campaign manager he now is like accusing her of basically he thinks that she's doing like some super baller like gone girl type shit of saying he beats me and then getting him arrested and then taking all of his money while he is and like getting evaluated and detained that's what he thinks is happening which is bonkers (laughs) no i think it's a logical conclusion to step to once uh you know your wife doesn't want to have sex with you be like okay well she's not fucking me that must mean she wants to get me detained and take all my money i will not look inward i will only assume the worst yeah don't do the work don't turn it on yourself at all my goodness this story is straight trash yeah i mean 
I like watching all these former Trump people fall apart in their own ways. And especially with all like the way that they were all talking about WAP and stuff like that. It's not uh, any sort of um, surprise to me that some of these guys are not uh, not getting that sweet nookie from their wives. (laughs) Not at home, not nearby, not anywhere. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, I like this story. I mean, I hate to see anybody going through it like mental anguish, but if you've worked that closely for the Trump campaign, you deserve it a little bit. Speaking of not deserving it, Mm -hmm. another New York Post article talks about a Pennsylvania waitress who claims that she was stiffed on a tip and instead on the tip line, a customer wrote the word mask because she reminded them when they got out of their seats to please put their masks on. It's so unacceptable to me. It just makes me so angry. Wait staff are putting don't want to be working. No. Wait staff are putting their lives on the line for you right now. Yeah. Literally on the front lines. Yeah. So the bill was like 2350. All you had to do was tip 5 bucks, but instead you had to be a fucking cunt and get all crying about the fact that someone told you to put your stupid mask on like can you just like be a person uh be a person i just don't understand it she they brushed it off their shoulder and said well you know it's not a big deal we're going to sit down anyway as they walk through the bar area to be seated so to customers could not wear a mask while seated Ah. <sighs> This story is a summary of what i've heard from people that work in the wait staff industry yeah, I'm I'm hearing even in LA, my friends who working who are like back to work in restaurants are just kind of like shocked at the amount that they have to police people in just wearing their masks when they get up. It's like, are you not grossed out? Because cuz that's how I feel when I I've gone maybe one outdoor dining experience mm-hmm. and I wanted nothing more than to have my mask on when I, I wanted to have my mask on and fucking put a straw through it to drink because I was like, there are people here and I don't want to get COVID. So it's just kind of nuts to me that I haven't had any in restaurant outdoor dining experiences. I did go to a socially distanced picnic, right? Where there was food around. If you weren't directly in front of the food, I just I just can't. I just can't with these maskless people. It just drives me insane. They're too much. But you know what? The president tells us that we have nothing to be afraid of. <clears throat> Can you tell that I was reading the New York Post? Yeah, no kidding. Because our second, or uh, sorry, our third, this isn't our third story. Yeah, I can. Because our next story is also, again, thrice from the New York Post. I, I'm not trying to tease you listeners, but I really, really like the story. <laughs> it is. What I would describe as titillating. A priest was arrested for having a threesome with corset-wearing dominatrixes on a church altar. Have mercy on us, O Lord. So it looks like, where was this? Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, boy. Oh, Louisiana, you've done it again. Louisiana priest was arrested for allegedly filming himself having sex with two dominatrixes on the altar of his Catholic church. Now, allegedly filming himself? What? Where's the alleged? Because it, it sounds like he was. He was, but until it's proven in court, we have to use allegedly. Right. What is there to prove? Like, does he saying that, like, maybe someone else set up the camera? No, he was filming himself. 
he definitely was the one that set it up, according to the unidentified witness. The priest, which was identified by NOLA.com as Reverend Travis Clark, was busted after passerby saw the lights on and later than usual on September 30th and peeked inside St. Peter's and Paul Roman Catholic Church on Pearl River. I spent some time with some people from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. A, a nosy little bunch, mm. especially with their churches. So this all makes sense to me. An identified witness saw the half-naked priest having sex with two women who were dressed in corsets and high-heeled boots. The altar was also adorned with stage lighting, several sex toys, and a cell phone mounted on a tripod that was recording the act. I want to see the video. So much do I want to see this video. So badly. This guy's mugshot looks awful. I mean, like, literally, I don't want to see... It's not him that I want to see. It's not even the dominatrix that I want to see. I want to see the whole production. I want to see an altar with like dildos. I want to see, oh, I want to see it. Am I I a little fucking freak? I just want to know. I want to see it. You're a little trash can and I love it. Oh my God. Yum, 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 yum. I'm a dumpster. The witness took video footage of the unholy trinity. I want to see their footage too. Yeah, I want to see their footage because they're a nosy little bunch. And you know that they were like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. So the NOLA.com added that one of these dominatrix was named Dixon. She's also an adult film actress. And she posted on social media the day prior that she was traveling to New Orleans, uh, to the New Orleans area to meet up with another dominatrix to defile a house of God. (sighs) The Archbishop of New Orleans visited the church to perform a ritual that would restore the sanctity of the altar. (laughs) I love it. He was suspended after the archdiocese, uh, from being on the archdiocese after his arrest. He was ordained in 2013. Yes. You get the seven-year itch. (laughs) As somebody that's ordained, I've never taken to the altar or felt the need to defile the altar. As someone who is also ordained, I don't know. (laughs) Thinking about it? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe thinking about I mean, I'm, it. What, what I'm ordained in the you know Church of like Earth or whatever the fuck it is that you can marry people. I'm a, ordained from the Universal Life Church. That's what. Yeah, the Universal Life Church. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to defile the altar of the Universal Life Church. I got nothing better to do. Our altar is just a, a dot com. <laughs> www dot. <laughs> this is awesome. And I just, I love that they like, imagine if this is the church you go to. The church ladies are sensationalized. Like, yeah. they haven't been this radical since somebody wore a hymn three inches above the knee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just fucking, mm, spaghetti. Love this story. We'll pray for you, Travis Clark. <laughs> but show me that video. But let's find the video. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I got to see it. So our next story, this is of interest to you, I believe. According to the New York Times, a website that I pay for, not to brag, the owner of the animal park featured in the Netflix documentary Tiger King has been charged with wildlife trafficking. And the animal park in question is the one that Doc Antle owns. The Myrtle Beach Safari in South Carolina. He was charged with two felony counts related to wildlife trafficking and 13 additional misdemeanors, according to the Office of the Attorney General of Virginia. 
Now, if you are an avid Trashy Trashy listener, which I hope that you all are. Otherwise, if you're a new listener, hi. hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. My greed. You'll know that on another episode, Erica was feeling a little bitterness that she was never asked to be a part of Doc Antle's tiger sex cult. I still have a little angst in my heart about it. I don't like that one bit. Yeah. So Mr. Antle says, I categorically deny any act or conduct that could ever be considered as animal cruelty. I've spent my entire professional life promoting the welfare and conservation of big cats and other species. Okay, cool. That's great, guy. But like, also, you should be charged with human cruelty. You have a sex cult. But I guess, you know, wildlife trafficking is uh, good enough. I mean, it's the way you take down the mob is by... You know, did they pay their taxes appropriately? You know, you I don't- understand. Yeah, that's that's the way you got to attack it is systematically. Yeah, when I was watching the Tiger King, I kind of thought to myself, "Where's this guy's documentary?" Because oh, Doc yeah. Antle seems like a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Although the Tiger King himself was also like a pretty big problem. What the, what's that guy's name again? The Tiger King. Yeah. I may never financially recover from this. Does it help you to do an impersonation of him in order to remember his name? Yes. Why the fuck can't we remember this? This is like a cultural phenomenon. This is like part three of people yelling at their phones. You stupid bitches! I'm not going to fucking Google this shit. I need to know it. Ooh. What is it? I'm going to scream. <laughs> it's not Kenny. It's um no. The magic God. of podcast editing will make this go away. Well, I don't want it to go away, but you can definitely tighten it up. What is his name? Don. Don't you go- no, no. That's Carol Baskin's husband's name. That stupid bitch. Hi, I'm ugh, and I'm the Tiger King. He was running for governor of Oklahoma. I. I feel like my brain is hemorrhaging right now. Okay, just Google it. We're gonna scream. Oh, it feels like it's right there. This feels like edging to me. Joe Exotic. Oh, my God. Joe Exotic. We'll clean this up. Oh, my God. What a fucking crazy, weird moment that we just had. (laughs) I couldn't for the life of me think of it. I I swear to God, it was gone. Joseph Maldonado. I feel I have chills right now, Erica, and I feel like I'm sweating from my armpits. Like it's happening right now, like just moist everywhere because of that. Yeah, that was the biggest brain fart I've ever had. Holy shit. That was, uh, I feel relieved. But yet unsatisfied. No, because we couldn't get there ourselves. I'm so sorry. Antle's Tiger Mill has been a source of immense cruelty to hundreds of tigers and must be shut down, said Kitty Block, the president and chief executive of the Humane Society of the United States. We know firsthand about his treatment of the animals. Do you think Kitty Block is uh, short for Catherine Block? But she's like, I'm the president in chief of the Humane Society of the United States. I'm going to go by Kitty. I'm going to go by Kitty. Yeah. Or she's like, my name's Joanne, but actually (laughs) I'm going to go by Kitty. (laughs) You can call me Kitty. That's like an old money name. Kitty? Mm -hmm. See, uh, when I hear the name Kitty, I'm thinking about those dominatrixes in that church again. Oh, man. I can't. I can't believe you showed me that story. I'm never going to. I'm never going to let it go. I'm never going to be over this. No. And now a quick word from one of our friends podcast. Remember, 
crying when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. Are you ready? Am I ready? Because we've got coming up the dumpster fire of the week. Help me! I'm burning alive in trash. Kind of went for like a count vibe almost at the end. I I felt it. It felt very Halloween, very spooky. I liked it. I'm in a dash can. Okay. According to the New York Times, again, not to brag, guys, but I do pay for the Times. Six men were arrested and accused of plotting with a militia group to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. And actually, update to this story, because I think that they've now said that there's 10 guys who have been arrested. Oh, wow. And, you know, if there's one thing that Trashy Trashy Podcast values, it's uh, journalism and getting it right. Accuracy of the news. Yeah, we're not fucking fake news here. The men who the FBI said espoused anti-government views had been talking about Miss Whitner and taking her hostage until at least this or since the summer. She's a Democratic governor. So they had surveilled her vacation home in August and September, and they indicated that they wanted to take her hostage before the presidential election in November. Now, do you have some familiarity with this Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan? I, um, I'm not familiar with any of her works. So, again, <laughs> I'm not trying to be this guy, but um, I do listen to The Daily every day, which is a New York Times uh, podcast. And I literally want Michael Barbaro to kiss me someday. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, 10 out of 10, podcast crush. Absolutely. Michael Barbaro. Yeah. Oh, when he just like, when he listens to stories and he's like, mm. I was like, feel his like little interested moans like literally in my mons like ooh. so anyways um because i listen to the daily i happen to know that gretchen whitmer has ever since the pandemic she kind of went like pretty hard for public safety as a lot of female leaders do which is why their countries are in better shape than male countries and uh People got all fucking pissed off at her. People were like really mad because she's just like, no, you guys cannot go to your vacation homes. You 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 need to just stay inside. And everyone's like, I want to use my boat. Fuck you, bitch. And then she was the one who like, there was like the armed militia protests on at City Hall, which by the way, the police didn't do jack shit for, but then all of a sudden Black Lives Matter and the police, it doesn't matter. This isn't, save it for my other podcast called Shitty Fucking Hypocrisy. Yeah, these gentlemen wanted to create a society in which they could be, quote, self-sufficient. And one said that he wanted 200 men to storm the state house in Lansing, Michigan. Over the summer, the men gathered firearms, did training and combat drills, and tried to make explosives. And in July, one of the men said the group should take Miss Whitmer hostage and move her to a secure location in Wisconsin for a trial. Yeah, what the fuck is a quote-unquote trial in a secure location by some self-sufficient militia man group like uh, Mm -hmm. that sounds like getting burnt at the stake don't you think 
Yeah, absolutely. This is, it's a modern day witch hunt. The FBI said it had learned so much about the group by intercepting encrypted messages and because it had undercover agents and confidential informants working with the group. So Miss Whitmer has been the subject of attack from right-wing protesters for measures she imposed to control the spread of the coronavirus, like I fucking said. Again, this article has since been updated, but the six men that we were talking about, five of them lived in Michigan and another one lived in Delaware. So, I mean, they may go to jail for the rest of their lives. Yeah, this uh, conspiracy with to kidnap can carry a life sentence. I mean, I have a lot of opinions about this, but they're not very funny. Yeah, I'm I'm wringing my head like this is giant. And the thing that's the most interesting to me is, A, I'm so glad that Miss Whitmore is safe. But yes. the fact that the FBI had informants within the group, which is the case a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And they let it go like they were building a case as they went. And they let it go to the point of like planning. Well, I mean, what else are they supposed to do? I guess you can't arrest thoughts, but I just, it blows my mind when the FBI. Not America. Not America. Actually, that's actually a really good thing that we can't get arrested for our thoughts in America, but. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we've got some bad ones. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we have to be careful uh, not to uh, infringe on anyone's First Amendment freedom of speech as you and I literally <laughs> exercise the fuck out of ours. <laughs> Flexing it, flexing it, left arm, right arms, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. The government can't tell me not to have dirty thoughts. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, God, I'm thinking about the priest fucking those two dominatrixes again. Uh Uh-huh. I'm glad that she's safe. This is, I mean, this is some scary shit. This is when, you know, people in maybe a little bit of jest mention a civil war. (laughs) like a modern day civil war and i'm kind of like hey, yeah uh this doesn't make me feel like that's that much of a joke to people we're glad that miss whitmer is safe and if you're thinking about joining an armed militia <laughs> us at trashy trashy podcast uh encourage you to not join a volleyball league don't become a terrorist yeah. join a volleyball league we don't yeah don't become a terrorist. I think that that's like maybe like another trashy, trashy podcast t-shirt. <laughs> Don't become a terrorist. <laughs> it's pretty easy. I have yet to become a terrorist in my 33 years of life. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm only 30. So uh, I have a couple more years that maybe, you know, I can do it, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to skip it. I think you should just skip it. As somebody that's lived a little bit longer, let me tell you a little bit about life. You are the wisest person I know. What are you hoarding, Erica? I'm hoarding, and this is so unconventional for me. Oh, boy. But the NBA Finals. Yeah. I have been loving the bubble. I love everything about it. I love that there's no home team. I love that... Every game, you know that the people within it are safe. The Heat is the underdog because everybody wants the Lakers to win because of Kobe. But I think the Heat have been super competitive in this series. And I think the win that they had Friday night was incredible. And it made it an actual series rather than just a sweep by the Lakers, which I still think ultimately they're going to win. 
but it has been enjoyable as hell. And I also love hearing stories from the bubble, the NBA bubble. Russell Westbrook left a $20,000 tip to the house cleaning staff. Wow. Like stories like that and just what the players have gone through and what the coaches and all the sacrifices that they've made to continue this, you know, sport. I think it's incredible. And I am loving the NBA and the NBA finals. Great. You know, it's funny because earlier in the podcast, you said that we weren't like major sports people, but you then corrected it to say we weren't major college sports people because I feel like it's been established now that like you're kind of like a basketball head. I'm a basketball girl. What can I say? And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. I did watch the Lakers game on Friday. However, you know, my, my main, my main course is, of course, that the Dodgers are, um, also in the finals, but I can talk about that more on another time. On, Mm. on your other podcast, Cassandra loves the Dodgers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Three strikes, she's out. The Dodgers with Cassandra Cardenas. Yes. (laughs) And what are you hoarding, Cass? So, This might be kind of a tough one for people to obtain, but I don't care because I feel passionately about it. There's a beer. It's a cucumber Kolsch. It's from High Water Brewing. And this beer could literally bend me over a counter, pull out my hair extensions, and fuck the shit out of me. It is that good. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm talking like step on my hand, spit in my mouth, good beer. That's awesome. I don't like cucumber. Would I feel overwhelmed by the flavor? I don't think so. I think it tastes, I mean, it tastes like a beer and spa water had a wild night just like swapping stories, drinking a little too much, going back to Spa Water's really nice apartment and just getting railed. It's that good. It sounds magical. Where do you get yeah. this from? I get it uh, at Sunset Beer, which is uh, in an Echo Park. I don't know where else to get it. I'm sure that there are other places though. I mean, if you, if you live, obviously LA is a big craft beer place or, you know, the craft beers are pretty big in cities right now. So wherever you're listening, I hope that you can get your hands on this and feel the sensation of having a beer just really, really, you know, fuck you like a priest and two dominatrixes on an altar. Hear about this. How about a contest? I say, we're looking to get to 50 reviews by the end of October. Oh. And so that would require 10 more people to write us a five-star review or four-star if, if it's not your no, thing. No, 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 Five stars or get the fuck out. Honestly, it's five stars or one star. Okay, you either like us or you fucking don't. I'm not here for, I'm not here for four and three stars. I really am not. Commit. And I know our trashy, trashy listeners, those are five-star listeners. Those are five-star listeners. If you write us a five-star review, I will personally mail you out. We will pick one winner, and I will mail you out this beer. Ooh, one winner of after we get to 50. Yes. Cool. So basically, like, you have, like, a one in a ten chance. Yeah, that's pretty good odds. Yeah, it is. I like that. Okay, cool. I'll have to obtain some and not drink it when it whispers in my ear, and I go, no, not right now. Please, I'm. Please. Oh God, I just got off of work, and I said I wasn't going to drink tonight, but oh God, drink me. 
Drink me. <sighs> Fucking fine. Fine. Why can't I quit you? Oh, my goodness. Cass, where can the people find you online? You can find me at Cass Cardenas on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me every Tuesday night live on the Smodcast radio network on the Nooner podcast. Um, Nooner podcast also available on iTunes and wherever you get podcasts. There's a there's an episode, I believe that the title is called Senator Mitch McConnell or something like that. And uh, Erica is on that episode. So yes, if you want I... to put both of us in one, do that. It's a twofer. Twofer. Where can people find you, Erica? I am at Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram and at Gilly Gal on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're not following our Instagram, you should because that shit's funny. It's lit. I will. I will say personally, I find it lit. Oh my goodness, Cass. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, Erica Curry. (laughs) Bye. Bye.